You are listening to our Southside Baptist Church podcast. For more audio content, please refer to our website. This is baptistchurch.com. And I want you to take your Bibles and instead I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1 beginning at verse 1. Bob, Bob Smith, uh, who I just did his funeral recently, Bob Smith is a, or was a blind preacher. He was a man who had great influence and impact in my life. Bob Smith lost his eyesight in his 30s. He then lost two children. He lost his oldest son, Bob Jr., to a motorcycle accident. He lost a baby to crib death. Um, Bob eventually lost his business. He was in business and lost that business. And God kind of corralled him into ministry. One of the things that Bob taught me, Bob taught me a lot, but one of the things that Bob taught me was marriage and how to build a strong marriage. And one of the things that he and Betty did in their marriage of I believe over 60 years before he died, um, he taught me that he and Betty read to each other. Now, not, not to each other, he, she read to Bob. Bob was blind. But I have a feeling that before Bob lost his blind, before he lost his sight, they probably read to each other. But, but Betty read to Bob and they would often read together. And so Sheila and I, we've incorporated that into our marriage. We read together. Uh, we, we read book after book. Uh, we've probably read four novels, Christian novels, literature. Now, Sheila loves these kind of romance Christian novels. I, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I look up, I buy them for her. You know, I, what's the best novel? And, I, and I'll pick this book out. And, and, and let, me, let me set the stage. Sheila will be in the kitchen cooking. And I'll slip in there and I'll start reading the latest novel that I've got her. You know, and she'll turn around, oh, you bought me a book. And then we begin to read back and forth. See, I had a little sound effect there, I'm talking. And, and so we, we, we read together. We read back and forth. And, and to be honest with you, uh, I, I put a lot into reading. I mean, man, I acted out, change voices, do all this stuff, you know. And man, I'll have Sheila like a little kid sitting on the edge of her seat. And then a lot of times Sheila would try to do the same thing. Now, she's not as good as me. But um, I love the power of the Word of God, the authority. I, I don't feel worthy to preach today. I, I would like to read to you the Bible. So I want you to take your Bibles, look at Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read. Andy, you come on up here. I want you to pray for us again real quickly. But I want, to, I want to read the first four verses. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself, this is Luke, the physician, the traveling companion of the apostle Paul, Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated 
Luke did this while Paul was in prison, gathering the information. The master historian, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Let's pray again. Andy, pray for us. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can study, and through only through the power of your Holy Spirit, we can begin to understand the love that you have for us. Yes. And so as the word of God is read, Lord, I, I just pray that it changes lives, that it would not just be read and go in one ear and out the other, but Father, that you would pierce our hearts this morning. Lord, that you would use your word like you always do to touch us in order that we may go out and touch the world for the name of Jesus Christ. Your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And so we ask that your spirit continue to manifest, Father. Be pleased with our efforts because you deserve our best. And thank you for a pastor who is willing to just read and allow your word to do its work in the lives of your people. Change lives this morning. And it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Real quickly, before you're seated, Luke is investigating, he's putting historical, yeah, you can go ahead and sit down. He's putting together historical information. Paul is in prison. Luke, the physician, is gathering information. He said, putting an orderly account together to send to a man by the name of Theophilus. Theophilus, Theo, Phileo, the love of God. Those words put together, friend of God. And so he's writing and giving this information. So what I want you to do, hold this finger up. I want you to take your Bible and I want you to take that finger. If you're looking at a, an app, now don't go to Facebook or Twitter and catch up. But take that finger and follow along with me, okay? And all God's people said, amen. amen. Luke, the Gospel of Luke, beginning at chapter 1, verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense, Real quickly, he's in, he's inside the Holy of Holies. He's there in the temple. They're outside waiting. Real quickly, they tied a rope around him, around his leg. He had, pum, he had um, pomegranates. He had bells around his robe. 
when he went in, meaning that as long as they could hear the sound, they knew that he was alive. If he died in the Holy of Holies because he did something, he did something wrong in that moment when he died, they couldn't go in and get him. They had to drag him out by the rope. So they're outside, he's inside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled. He was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. Zechariah, he is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will continue to be true and will come true at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, wondering why he stayed so long in the temple when he came out. He could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept trying, making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service had been completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this to me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name. Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. 
But the angel said to her, Do not, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and you'll give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Everyone look this way. The Muslim refuses to accept the gospel because they see a sovereign God encountering and having a sexual act with Mary. That is a misinterpretation. The word there means to come it, it, over her the picture is literally the same as in Genesis when the Bible said the earth was with, without form, it was void, it was dark, it was empty. The Bible says in the Hebrew that God hovered over. The picture here is that God hovers over Mary. That's what it means here. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born to you is the Son of God and shall be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Underline that, circle that, dog ear that page. Let's everybody say amen. For nothing is impossible with God. I, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and she hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and she greeted, Zachar, uh, she greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you, Mary, among women, and blessed is the child you bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. 
From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he has said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months, and then she returned home because you don't get pregnant in this day outside of marriage without taking the full wrath of the Levitical law, which is you kill the adulterer. She returned home. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to her son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. They were going to name him after his father, Zachariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, no, he has to be called John. <laughs> they said to her, there, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father, Zachariah, to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote his name, his John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosened and he began to speak, praising God. The neighbors were all filled with awe throughout the whole hill country of Judea. People were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it and asked, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy, holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham and to enable us to serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, and you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet to the path of peace. Why would Mary and Zechariah break forth in a song because listen, when you close your Old Testament Malachi and you come to the end of Malachi, there is 400 years of dead silence among the covenant people of Israel until that moment. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. He lived in the desert till he appeared publicly to Israel. 
In those days, Caesarea, Caesar, Augusta issued a decree that their census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his hometown to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child while they were there. The time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. There was no room in the inn. She was in the Cataluma. The Cataluma was a corral. Your sweet manger scene, that's not right. That's not biblically correct. She is giving birth in the mud and the filth. And anybody who knows anything about livestock, she is giving birth in the Cataluma, which was a corral. And the manger is a basically a rock trough that is still in parts of Israel to this day. She is out there in the open among the livestock giving birth, not in that and Joseph, who is receiving God in the flesh, and I've been there. And for every woman who's given birth, that moment when you bend down and you're watching this womb as the baby crowns and you see the top of the head, and I've been there, I've done this. You put the fingers on the head to keep that head from exploding in the moment of birth as that baby is coming out, and all of a sudden you're catching this slippery, slimy child as they're coming out, and you're holding them and begging in that moment for breath, for the sound of the cry to come out. And in that moment, Jesus the Son of God is held in the hand of a carpenter. Clearing the airway, listening for the sound of the first cry of Emmanuel. God with us. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Shepherds would be the equivalent of homeless. They were often hired, cheap labor, day labor. Often sheep were put in a communal type gathering and they'd hire these shepherds to kind of take care of the sheep, homeless, day laborers. With shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were, they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find this baby wrapped in clothes. And listen, look this way. When they swaddled, when they wrapped, they wrapped the child like a mummy. They took strips of linen, wrapped the legs, wrapped the arms, the child looked like a mummy in order to ensure that the limbs would grow, grow properly. And then they wrapped this child up. They swaddled this baby. Swaddling is comforting. It's why we need to hug and touch each other. There needs to be the hug, the embrace. And that's why suicide is out of the roof now because social distancing is something we don't like. angel said you'll know this baby because you'll find him in the Cataluma in the corral and he'll be laying in a manger a feeding trough for the livestock verse 13 suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests when the angels had left them and gone into heaven the shepherds said one to another imagine this scene let's, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. In the cataluma, in the trough, the feeding trough, they found it just like the angel had said. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. African in Zimbabwe calls it the Shokomamwadi. Shokomamwadi means the word of God. Bible. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Cutting asunder even to the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. As I told you last week, I handed half of this, the New Testament, in the Turkish language, language to, a, to a Muslim, a devout Muslim who had spent his life in the Muslim faith. And I said this. I said, would you read this? He did in two days. He came back, this British Muslim businessman, a devout Muslim, and he was holding that Turkish New Testament, and he said, I read that book you gave me. And I went in his kitchen in that restaurant. I sat there and I looked at him, and I said, Hassan, I said, if God were to invade his creation, and I told him that story of Mofundis Jaina, 
that African pastor as we were going to that village who had never seen a Bible, never heard the gospel, and we're going to hear it for the first time from the Varungu, the white man, along with a Kutema, a black man, black and white, side by side, African American. We were going into that village for the first time. And I said, what do you say? He said, where will you go in the Bible, in the scripture, the Shokamamuare, speaking in Shona? I said, I'll go to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I'll go down there all the way down to verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And old Simon Jana looked at me with a twinkle in his eye. And that African, old African pastor said, he asked for my jacket. He took my jacket and he said, Nyama. Flesh, meat, the yaman yehuku is the meat of a chicken. Yama ye mombe is the meat of a beef. But when he said nyama, he said flesh. And then he pounded his little small chest and he said mwadi. And mwadi meant God. And he said ah baba. He said bai noti. The Bible says shukamu mwadi. Bakati, the Bible says, the Word of God says, Amwari, Akafeka, Munyama. Right there. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself. Mwari, Akafeka, Munyama. I looked at this Muslim after telling him that story. And I said, if sin was a virus, if sin invaded our creation, his creation, God's creation, and it contaminated everything, and the only way that the creator could fix it, he would have to go inside of his creation. And I looked at a computer, and I said, a computer has a virus, and the only way to fix it is you have to take some form and go inside the computer to attack the virus. I said, if the creator were going to invade his creation, what historical figure would he look like? And that Muslim, devout Muslim, immediately looked at me, and he said, Jesus. He said, Jesus. I said, you mean Muhammad or Jesus? He said, Jesus. And then he looked at me and he said, ah, Baba, you come back next Tuesday. I came back that next Tuesday and Lauren, who has a heart for the Islam Muslim people, Lauren, he was standing, he had opened the door of that kitchen, the British were packed in there at noontime, lunchtime, and he held, that, he held that Turkish New Testament. He held it up. He stepped out in that crowd of British men and women, business people, and he said, Ah, Baba. I mean, he didn't call me Baba. He called me back there. I'm talking African right now. He calls me back to the kitchen. I'll never forget, I walked into that kitchen. There were businessmen dressed a lot more high priced than I am right now. Businessmen, Muslim businessmen from, from up in London, in the London area and their wives. The wives were working and helping in the kitchen, and the Muslim businessmen were there. Lauren, I'll be honest with you, I thought, I'm getting ready to die. And he held that New Testament, he said, he turned and he looked at all of them. He said, tell of all of them what you told me. 
tell them the, that story. And I did. I got sick, and before we came home, we were invited to a wedding, a Muslim wedding in London. It was the first time British Baptists said that a missionary had ever been invited. And today that ministry continues. Why? This book is so powerful. And parent, when you read it with a passion and an urgency, your children catch it. It's not just a book. World leaders, governments, powers have tried to destroy it and repeatedly it keeps it is his story. It is the story of our creator invading his creation and saving every one of us. He loves you. That's Christmas. Do you know him? Do you have a personal, intimate relationship with him? Do you know him? Have you ever repented of your sin, put your faith and trust in him? Where you just one day came overwhelmed by your own unworthiness and your sin, and you said, Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. I want you to forgive me. I want you to be the Lord, the Savior of my life. I want to be saved. Have you done that? It doesn't matter your plans, your purpose, your dreams, your goals, your aspirations. If you are disconnected from your creator, you will never find fulfillment and happiness. You won't do it. I've tried. But when you repent of your sin and you give him your faith and you put your faith and your trust in him and you're saved by grace through faith, you begin a journey with him. It's a painful journey, I'll be honest with you. It hurts a lot of days. Man, I go into my prayer closet so many times crying out, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I fail you. I just come up short. Lord, I hate, I think this. Thing. I, Lord, there's so many things that I see you working on in my life. And Lord, when will I ever be there? When will I ever be? And in that moment, he reminds me, one day you will be conformed into the image of my son. It's a work in progress down there. It looks just like that mess, that bypass work going on right now. There's mud, there's equipment. It looks like a nightmare. And that's what you and I look like. But let me tell you something. The man that drew up those plans, the genius behind that entire thing is an individual that has exactly what that will look like when it's all finished. When you give your life to Christ, he has already in mind what you'll look like. You and I will look like Jesus. Do you know him? Let's stand. Let me pray for you. Our Heavenly Father, we just come to you. We come to you in the name of Jesus. We see the power of your word. Lord, I, Luke is my, my favorite book of the Bible. It's, it's the book of the Bible that, that I'm comfortable with. I, I see this man, Luke. The Apostle Paul, when Felix and 
Agrippa and Festus, when they lock him away in prison, Luke is busy. He's researching. Oh, there have been those that have attacked the historicity, the accuracy, that have repeatedly come back and had to apologize. It is an historically accurate book that proves once again the authenticity and the historicity of the Word of God. That's why we believe and trust that it is your Word, Lord, because we know that every time history or others may conflict, that we know the academic world will sooner or later discover the truth, and they'll come back, they'll apologize. But Lord, I pray today, we pray, if there's one here, a man, a woman, a boy, a girl, we pray if there's one watching through live stream, wherever they may be today, and God, you're convicting them. They've never given their life to you. They're living in rebellion, disobedience, or Lord, they're, they're frustrated. They can't seem to get their life together. All the attempts to, for education, for job, for training, for everything, it just seems to come up short. They're fighting you. But all oh, the joy that comes when we finally say, Lord, I surrender. So, Lord, I pray, dear Lord, if there's one here today, one listening, that, Lord, they would give their heart, their life to you, that they would say, Lord, come into my heart, forgive me. Begin a work. Everybody look this way. When I prayed that prayer, I had no idea. I'm in a 1974 Ford Maverick on Main Street in Yazoo City, alienated from everybody, had nobody, beating the dash of my vehicle until it was all busted up because I was so angry. I had no idea how far a sovereign God would take me if I would give him my life. And I've watched elephants I've seen lions and killed. I've been in the queen mother's sister's castle and spent a week. I've had a life, a life that I can't even begin to tell you about. Why? Because when you and I give our life to our creator, when we give it to God and we trust Jesus Christ, he'll take you farther than you'll ever go alone. Have you done that? Have you done that? I pray you have. Let's finish this prayer. And Lord, I pray that, dear Lord, people would be saved today. People would recommit. People would give their life to you. And we pray this in the sweet, precious name, a name that is above every name, the name that when Mary and Joseph looked at that baby and said, his name shall be called, as Gabriel said, let's say it together, Jesus. Amen. You come. Legends here at the front.